<laughs> What's up, man? So we're back here on the Size Up, episode three, and I'm really stoked for tonight because I have joining me, and I kind of feel like I've always wanted to say something like this, <laughs> even though I didn't know I wanted to say it until like a few days ago when we knew you were coming on, but my guest tonight is none other than meteorologist Amy Freeze. High fives. Woo! Right. So do you, when <laughs> yeah. you introduce yourself, do you say meteorologist Amy Freeze? Um, usually I just say, hi, I'm Amy. But when I talk on TV, you're, it's right. I do say meteorologist Amy Freeze a lot. Like yeah. reporting from, yes. and you, you work for ABC 7 New York, right? Yes. Uh, I work for Eyewitness News. It's WABC Television New York. It's actually the number one local television station in the world, which is kind of exciting to brag about. Shameless plug yes. right there. New sponsor there for the go. size up just happened. <laughs> That's awesome though. And so... You haven't just worked in New York, you've worked around the country, right? So Yeah, I've, I've actually lived in eight states as an adult. I was raised in Southern Indiana in a little tiny town, but I've lived in a lot of major cities and it's all because of my job. That's awesome. And you've lived in Chicago, Philadelphia, mm -hmm. Denver, mm -hmm. Portland. Good, so, yeah. so a little backstory here, there's a little bit more of a backstory, but Amy and I just spent about 57 minutes in a car <laughs> in Northern New Jersey going 17 miles at rush hour to get to, from the train station to the studio. So we know each other very well. We know right each now. other very well. Um, but the reason we met, and it's kind of the same reason why I, how I got here onto the size up by national fire radio is through social media. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so sure. Amy, I want to say, and I don't know if you remember this and I highly doubt it, but I think you were doing a, a FDNY calendar event. That's shocking to me. And, and it's That's have you really possibly shocking. I'm sure it was me. I, it could have been. And <laughs> yes. Uh, one of my favorite things to cover every year is the FDNY calendar. Um, not only because it's men in their uniforms and stuff, but also it just celebrates uh, physique and they've expanded now the FDNY foundation to include women, which is pretty exciting. And they not only do the firefighters, but the EMS. So yep. um, it just broadens the, the respect, I think, for the job. And uh, it's also very fun. And that money, they, what money, where does that money go? I it goes to the FDNY calendar. Foundation, okay. which uh, does a variety of projects. They support a lot of different funds, everything from fire safety, which is their main campaign, to actually helping out different parts of the department. So, which is awesome. And so what happened with all that, what had happened was, see, then I started looking into more of Amy's social media and we started talking on social media and I learned way more about her and all the causes that she works for and works with and the fact that she was really into fitness. Yeah. So it kind of worked out for me. One interesting fact uh, that very few people know about, they think maybe my main attraction to firefighters is the uniform or um the fact that they do try to stay fit most of them right uh but actually <laughs> i have a, a much closer connection to firefighting i have two uncles that were firefighters and one of the things you, you you alluded to it and this is what really got us talking and i think we were talking on social media and then you were like can you just call me so we can talk about this mm -hmm. because not every firefighter takes care of themselves Physically. Right. That's true. I would say, you know, my uncles who were both firefighters were really devoted to fitness and involved in marathoning and triathlons and uh, spent a lot of their careers focused on it. But, um, you know, firefighters are people too. So it's right. not everybody's perfect. Right? right. And firefighters are just people, police officers, EMTs, paramedics, people in the military were all built the same. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because in the car ride here, we talked a lot about ourselves and we talked a lot about struggles 
and a lot of the similar struggles that we've had and a lot of other folks have had. And you've done it, you've run the gambit in fitness from what I can tell, right? I mean, I, I would, <laughs> Absolutely. right from, from no fitness yep. to uh, winning $100,000 in a fitness competition, which I know we're gonna it's jump awesome. into, mm -hmm. running several marathons now, mm -hmm. triathlon, uh, what else did we talk about? I'm trying to oh, think. I've you done name it. Spartan, Empire State, Run Up. I've climbed uh, most of the World Trade Centers, um, uh, including One World Trade um, with the stair climbing. And uh, I've gone and done several high peak mountains. So um, Lots of pretty much anything that I can get my hands around that I can challenge myself with, I try to go for it. Which is a big part because that keeps it fresh when you're doing that. Yeah, new challenges, yeah. for sure. Challenges are a huge part of it. And we, we spoke about that a lot too in the car was just keeping challenging yourself by finding something. So before we go back though, we just finished talking about hiking a little bit and I wanna jump into that. What's your new challenge? Let's get into the challenge right now. Uh, new, the the short-term challenge is just getting started back in my fitness routine. <laughs> and next week I'm going up to the Adirondacks. I'm gonna do a couple high peaks. My, I have a longer term goal of doing the 46ers, which is a combination of 46 high peaks that are above 4,000 feet in the Adirondacks. So that is kind of Ooh. a long-term, I've already done Mount Marcy, which is the highest peak, but there are several to do. Uh, it's about 4,500 feet, which okay. in real time mountains, that's nothing. But Colorado, for us living, yeah, for us living here at sea level, it's it's a big uh, peak, and uh, just it's pretty incredible that we have so close upstate to to reach into the Adirondacks, and there's a lot of history there and um, beautiful things to see. So that's kind of a cool hiking challenge that I have. And then late in April, I'll do the London Marathon. So the London Marathon in three months time from when we're recording now, mm -hmm. you're going to hit it and run it. And, and how much have you been running recently? Um, not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. So when we think about things. Starting think, back from scratch. A nine-time marathoner, but I'm starting <laughs> back from scratch. Because you get away from running sometimes. Absolutely. You know, like it's very easy. People see someone that ran a marathon or ran nine marathons and, oh, you can just go out there and do it. Right. Well, yeah, you can go out there. In your mind, it. you yeah. think you can. <laughs> but 26.2 miles, I tell people this all the time, it's a really long way. It is. That it's wall is real. Way. That yeah. wall at 18 is is no joke when you can climb over it that they talk about. I mean, uh, every year when I'm covering the New York City Marathon, um, it's it's just a grueling day. And to see people come from all over the world, 50,000 runners to make it through all five boroughs, it's just a new respect for running, a new respect for fitness every time. I've done it several times myself, but um, when I'm covering the race, usually I'm on and off a motorcycle, which everyone thinks must be easier because I'm on and off a bike, but uh, no way. it's really a difficult race to cover because I'm running at different paces for different stretches, sometimes running 10 miles along First Avenue. <laughs> so, and talking yes. with a headset on yeah, and a microphone so. usually, right? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. And you were just in a movie. I was in Britney Runs a Marathon. Because right? I saw that. That was so cool. They uh, they said they were doing this documentary and hey, can we use a clip? And I, I mean, I'm thinking like it's some small documentary and all of a sudden it's a movie on Netflix and people are saying, hey, I just saw you with this clip. But it's a great movie and it's about uh, a woman who wants to get in shape and wants to, to get uh, control of her body and she does it through running a marathon and the New York City Marathon nonetheless. It's great. <laughs> she, she definitely does it through running a marathon, but yes. there's a lot more than just getting right. it's getting to the marathon to for the Brittany marathon. and Brittany runs a marathon and I think you know when we were kind of planning the podcast and what we were going to talk about today that's a good kind of segue into what we are talking about and that's getting to the marathon you know yes. getting Brittany got to the marathon but just getting to your points in fitness 
Yeah, I mean, just to kind of give uh, people a, a parallel maybe for, for their lives and, and how maybe they could relate to the story that, that I'm currently experiencing is um, I was very active as a young person. My dad sort of raised me in sports. Um, I'm the oldest of five girls. Oof. And uh, eventually I took a cheerleading scholarship, but I ran cross country. I played basketball. I played softball. Um, my dad really was into fitness and he introduced me to the sport of running, which I think is probably one of the best blessings that uh, Anyone, you a, can a do, parent can give to a child. You can run anywhere. You can run yeah, anywhere. All you need a pair of shoes. Um, it's a great way to handle not only physical issues, but also emotional stress, mental strength, all kinds of things. So uh, I grew up running. And uh, I got married very young and I had my first son when I was very young. And uh, when I was pregnant, I gained more than 75 pounds. So give you my stats. Uh, I was five foot four and I weighed about 130 pounds, maybe 125, 130 pounds when I got pregnant. And when I was about ready to get the anesthesia, for, uh, ready to go under. Yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, remember much yeah. things. Yep. Um, the epidural, that's what it's called. It's been a while. <laughs> I was about ready to get the epidural. Uh, the anesthesiologist says, how much do you weigh? And I said, I weigh 210. And at the time I was married, my ex-husband said, well, I only weigh, I weigh 220 and I'm, I, I'm six, I'm six, two, I'm six, three. And I just about killed him, Gentlemen, but he survived it bad for another few years. Bad uh, thing yeah, to bad say. judgment. So we were about 10 pounds apart, yet we were a foot difference in height. Oh. So I was extremely heavy. Uh, when I had my son, he came out seven pounds and I had a lot of weight to lose. And, uh, this is very familiar for women. And I think sometimes men get on the, uh, baby bandwagon and they gain on their own, even though they didn't carry the baby. I just and had baby brain. I had pregnancy said, brain. I didn't do the weight. It happens. The brain. It really happens. Uh, and so I had all this weight to lose and I didn't really know where to begin. So I kind of went regressive to what I did in college as a cheerleader, which is run six miles a day, eat wheat, thins and carrots. And that worked for a few pounds, but then I was struggling and I was carrying around all this weight. And again, my ex-husband uh, said to me, hey, let's, let's do this program. It's called Body for Life. And it's actually still out there. I don't yep. think they give the same prizes, but EAS and Bill Phillips at the time created Body for Life. And it was a 12-week challenge and it involved strength training, something I'd never done. And I'm sure you run into this where women go, wait a second. Mm. I'm not lifting weights. Yeah, I didn't I'm come like, here to lift that. Exactly. And, and That's you, what you men do. That. Yeah. <laughs> women yeah, don't men, lift weights. Women don't lift weights. I think society is definitely re-sculpting the way yes. that looks for, for women, which is a great thing. Um, cause I, I know several women that lift way more weights than I do and can lift way more weights than I do. But where you're talking, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that was just an emerging trend. Absolutely. And so it was a big hurdle for me to cross. And he said, let's just do this. It's going to be a few times a week, 45 minutes. I would go into the gym. I'd put my son into the daycare and, you know, just do the basics. I have to laugh as she tells this cause yeah. I know what's coming. So go yeah. ahead. I, I basically would put him in and we'd start getting into the workout and there'd be this little folder that we'd be looking through and trying to mimic the exercises. And then my alarm would go off that it was 45 minutes was up and I'd leave <laughs> like and done. he'd go, wait, we're not done yet. And I'm like, well, I have to get the baby. And, and so I started to see results from it though. It was really the moral of the story. And 12 weeks later, I'd, I'd made an amazing transformation. I cut my body fat in half. I got in debt back down to my pre-pregnancy weight and we'd entered this contest, which we actually ended up winning a uh, hundred thousand dollars from it. So it was, a, it was an incredible reward for something that I felt like I'd already gotten a victory out of because I'd gotten my health back. Um, but it really was the beginning of a journey over the last two decades of not only being physically fit, but being prepared for really anything I wanted to do. 
I just stayed in shape. I ate right and exercised. How simple, right? And um, for most accounts, my life is pretty storybook. I was raised in a small town. I have a wonderful family. I got married very young. I started my family early. Um, I have several children. I've had a beautiful career. Um, For a long time, things have gone exactly the way they were supposed to in my life. Just like the book, like you're saying. Like the book. Uh, And then there came a time when things didn't go exactly the way they were supposed to. Um, I I never saw myself getting divorced. I never saw myself raising my four children alone, not having someone participating in that with me. Um, Those are big life changes. And when those life changes happened, you know, my physical fitness maybe set me up to handle them initially, but I very quickly got off track. Um, I wasn't a priority anymore. I had a lot more responsibilities than I'd ever had before. There was a lot more emotional stress. Um, and I could blame things on someone else. Whenever something went wrong, I could just blame someone else. I didn't have the personal accountability. It was almost... I would say a little bit of spiraling. You feel a little out of control when things start to go wrong, especially when things have gone right for so long. And as, as this spiral happens and you're not taking care of yourself, then when you do give back to yourself a little bit, you feel even worse. Yes. Because now you're saying all this is going wrong and I'm giving back to myself. Mm-hmm. And that spiral just keeps going down and down and down. It really can be discouraging. Uh, I think that a a lot of times, especially for me over the last two to three years, um, I've had a lot of restarts. Like, oh, let me start again. Let me start again. And there are disappointments that come. Um, I've talked about some of the major life things that happen, uh, which are, you know, divorce, um, changing parenting roles, um, job changes can be a big part of it. Um, one of my children has had very big health issues, um, very serious behavioral health issues. It's extremely stressful because on the outside to everyone else, it looks like everything's normal. What could possibly be wrong, but there's catastrophe happening on a regular basis. So to put yourself as a priority becomes more and more difficult. Yes. Um, I have a long list. If anybody has anything out there that's thrown them off track, it's probably happened to me first. <laughs> my, um, my, my sweet youngest sister, she struggled with a cancer diagnosis. Um, there's been death in the family. Like there, there are things that set us back that are real life issues that we have to roll with the punches. And it's okay that it happens, but what's not okay is to surrender. Yeah, and just, and just give up. You know, you just give up on yourself. And that's what I see a lot of people doing in life. You know, you see them where these problems are rolling in and they're rolling in and they feel like there's no escape, that there's no way out and that they have no way to get back to either where they were or they've never been there before either. Correct. Right, because you have that side of the spectrum. And how about this? You think you can start again, but then something else derails you and something else derails you. And you kind of think, well, maybe it's not meant to be, or I've, or I've made this hurdle in life to where I don't ever get to be a priority again. And I think that happens a lot for women, but it also happens for men yeah. on a huge scale. They think my family's now my priority. I'm the breadwinner. Um, I've got to put making money first. It becomes this snowball of time and money and accumulation that is really difficult to get under control. It's that revolving door, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just in that revolving door and you can't get it under control and you can't get it under control and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And then other issues can come into play, like a substance abuse issue or something that where you're replacing that with something else for sure. Luckily, I haven't had substance abuse. So you didn't get that one. Please take that one in. That's one thing I haven't had. I can tell you, um, 
in our room full studio audience, there is a cooler here ready to go for us. Uh, but I've never had an alcoholic beverage. I've never had a beer. I've never had a drink really? of wine. Uh, I've just never had any liquor of any kind. Um, I've also never smoked a cigarette, taken hard drugs, or had a cup of coffee. <laughs> thought it was thought it was going to come down to a thing I like know. I never drank a beer, but there was this time yeah, with some cocaine in college, and you know, like it yeah, just went no. down that way. Um, so I can say that um, I don't know if that has helped me or hindered me not being able to have an outlet. In the be, substance being world. someone who has may had some outlets, as you yes. call them, in the substance yes. world, it's definitely helped you to. Yeah, not, there have um, been days when I've driven down the road just thinking hey if i just stop off here in hell's kitchen have a shot of vodka maybe it could solve all my problems probably but, not um, I, w- I would say as someone who's done that in hell's kitchen it's, it's yeah, not a good place no. to stop off and do that okay but when you when you think about those we, have to, we, we digress there a little bit into it but you know the, those spirals down you know how do you take care of yourself and like you said you had a lot of restarts mm-hmm. and i think we see that with a lot of people in society where they start something new and then something else happens in life and they stop it. Or they miss a day and they feel like if they missed a day, well, I'll go tomorrow. Right, or nothing's working for me. There's that Nothing's working. Nothing's working, I can't get this right. Uh, I feel alone, I'm struggling. Uh, I deserve to have something else. I deserve to celebrate. I am working so hard in many other other areas. I shouldn't be sacrificing on this. Trust me, I can really you can, talk you can, to, I can you. I can really lay talk myself there, right? out of it. Yeah, um, but what I can tell you is that what you do deserve is to feel your best and to be your best. And that requires some real basic things. Number one is a desire. You got to yes. want to change. Um, the second thing is a realization that really our bodies are all about science. As a meteorologist and a scientist, I can say this. Um, it comes down to numbers. What you put into your body versus how hard you're working, those are the numbers that count and you can't fight the numbers. So if you're putting in too many calories, you're going to gain weight. If you're not putting in enough calories, you won't have enough energy. You have to put in the right amount of calories and you have to then be exercising your body in order to create the result that you want. And nobody can out defy science. So it's not, oh, I'm eating exactly right and I'm not getting results. No, you're not. Because you're not eating the right things in the right amounts in order to get the results. You have to follow the program. So if you actually follow a formula, you can't fail. So if you just say to yourself, I really want to do this and here's the formula, there's... It's just you. You have to follow it. You have to find what formula is right for you based off of science. Mm -hmm. As per the meteorologist, I would have never even guessed we'd be talking about science on this podcast with that. (laughs) But that's the basis of it. It is. And that's what every fitness person out there is touting right. that their program, their science is the best or is the one that's going to work. There's loads of different diets you could do. Um, I mean, a quick Google search will show you thousands of them. Right. You just have to pick the one that's works for you, works with your life and do it. Right. There's the issue, right? So I pretty much will fail at anything that involves choice. <laughs> I don't do well in the choice world. Um, I'm also not a big foodie. I'm not really a big uh, enjoyer of rich foods. Um, uh, but if given the chance, I will choose wrong a lot. So like, the, I, like getting in my car with a piece of pizza. <laughs> maybe I got picked and, up in Sakagas and got a slice of pizza. Without a piece of pizza for <laughs> okay. me? Like just a it slice might happen. In front of me. I don't know for sure. But I, I do better when I actually plan to not fail. And that always ends up being three protein shakes and three basic meals that are made of protein 
uh, a veggie and rice. And it's just measured out and pre-prepared. And those are the six things I eat. And if I don't bring them, then I don't get to eat. And if I, you know, I'm not hungry and I skip over it, then I miss that meal. But if I, I know if I prescribe to that formula, then I won't, it won't fail because it's already proven it's right there. to be it's successful. It's what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the actual nutrients that I need in the amounts that I need them. And I can split them up throughout the day to, to succeed at that. And then if I get my basics exercising in, then I'm good to go. Um, so I know what to do. Um, that's not to say I'm perfect or that it's easy because when life happens, I, I had signed up to do the London marathon last year, all set to go. Um, I was in decent shape that I could make the marathon work. I wasn't in great shape, uh, but I was prepared to go. I had my ticket and so forth. And my son was in the hospital five days before I was to leave. And it totally set me off, not only off track in going to the marathon, but off track in being in shape, eating right, exercising. Yeah, it set your me mental back. state was not ready. And it took me several more months to get myself back together to try again. Uh, so these things happen and it's normal. This is a normal part of life that shouldn't discourage us forever. The great thing is that you can always, always get control back. How many times have you seen as a trainer, people come to you and make transformations that not even you thought were possible? It's unbelievable because they put in the work and they believe in themselves and they still have those setbacks. I think we have this fantasy about fitness and, and health and wellness that, you know, the people that are in it or people that make these transformations, you know, that it, it's, oh, they, they just they didn't, they just did it. You know, like they right. put, they don't, people will say, oh, they, I saw them putting in the work, but they don't know when, when what went on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know, you never know when anybody's struggling. And I always like to tell people when I'm working with them or talking to them or just trying to, to give them a little bit of advice, every day is day one for me. I wake up, it's day one and I have to do something. Yeah. Whether it's strength training, whether it's running, whether it's a, a quick workout, you know, we were, we were talking in the car today, my workout, I finished in 12 minutes and 46 seconds, but it was 110% for 12 minutes and 46 seconds and it sucked. But today's day one. Tomorrow I wake up, it's day one again. Yep. A little different in marathon training because, you know, it's, it may be day one, but you have to have your, your accumulation, plan. Yes. Yeah, your accumulation of miles, which we spoke about on the car that you have to start accumulating. Most recently what I did was, um, you know, I kept making the excuse that I couldn't leave the house, that I need to be present for my kids. And, you know, there, there were a lot of things that were, as I said, tying me down and not allowing me to leave, to get out, to work out and these sorts of things. Um, so we got a Peloton bike at I the house. One. I want and one. And uh, this was just a couple National weeks ago. Radio. And I do still have three of my four children at home, um, ages 18, 14, and 11. And Oof. all of us are using the bike. Awesome. And we're all excited about it. And it's getting all of us, you know, sort of into working out and doing it in a, in a uh, way that is comfortable for everyone, but still kind of exciting and challenging at the same time. Um, so that's where we have restarted again. And um, your kids miraculously will start to recognize how you need fitness the older they get. I mean, you can always incorporate them when you're younger and you can teach them as you're going along. But they the don't older, know any better. Yeah, the older they get, they will begin to recognize, hey, this is a time for mom. Let's support this time for dad. Oh, he's going to do his workout. They'll start to respect those times. Um, the more you kind of show how special it yeah. is for you. And you show them why you're doing it. Yeah, you know, I to, think a tendency, we think, oh, I feel guilty being away from the kids or so forth. But if they're high-fiving you as you go out the door and when you come back in, 
that's something that will not make you feel guilty and that they'll be very proud of you for. Yeah. Cause they see those successes, you know, mm -hmm. they see the changes, they see that you're happier. You know, I'm my wife and I recently, oh, I don't know if it was recently started working out together, doing the same program. Mm -hmm. And we try to get a workout in like once or twice a week. Uh, most of the time there's an argument halfway through it, <laughs> but that's what we do. I mean, the other, the other day, the argument it's on video, I just haven't posted it yet was that uh, she claimed that a nineties club song, they didn't play this, one part of the song in the clubs. Right. And I'm like, you do not know that. Like, you were totally <laughs> lying. I stopped the workout in the middle to yell oh, at her dear. that she was lying about this. But that's our time together. And the kids mm -hmm. even see us there working out together. Right. And I think with the Peloton and, and your children at that age, they can all do it in a safe environment. Yep. You know, you know what they're doing because you never know what your what your 15 year old could be doing in a workout. And they could be doing something horribly wrong because you don't right. see them. But now that they're on the Peloton, you know, they're riding their bike and they're following this plan. It's something that's working for us right now. So I'm excited. I never thought I'd have a piece of exercise equipment in my house. I never thought I'd be putting it in the front room where we're all, you, <laughs> you know. You walk in and you see it like yeah, it's right there. Yeah, right into the sweat it. puddles and, on uh, the floor. Exactly. And we're all embracing it, but it's working for us right now and yeah. it feels good. And that's so cool because that's what you can do with fitness too. I feel like people think you're a runner all you're going to do is run. Amy Freeze runs marathons. That's it. But you do it all from what I can tell. You've done SoulCycle. You have the Peloton now. You've run. I know you've done Rumble. I have a friend who's a yes, Rumble absolutely. coach, which Rumble, for those that don't know, is the, you, you probably can explain it better than I can. Well, uh, one of my friends, Noah Neiman, he's one of the original trainers. I went to his very first class at Rumble, but it's a combination of boxing and also I would say calisthenics or like self exercises okay. from lunges to um, uh, multi-weight movements, that kind of thing. So they have a couple different things they incorporate, but it's a two faceted workout where you are split up into two groups and then you switch the room. Oh, that's so, so one time you're doing like a boxing and the other time you're doing the other. Yes. You're doing anything okay. from lunges to pushups to burpees. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so there's, there's all these different styles of fitness, orange theory, CrossFit, you can do any of them yeah. and people get so like geared. I can't do that or there's nothing for me. And right. it's all, I would there. really challenge people to try something new to try something different. The other thing that we have at our house is we belong to the YMCA on the West side in Manhattan, which again, I never would have considered belonging to the YMCA. You know, you always feel like, Oh, got to get a big membership at Equinox or crunch or, you know, one of these bigger gyms that sometimes is a little out of people's price range. We have a membership at the YMCA and it's actually been very fun. It's not overcrowded. We have an indoor track, indoor pool, all kinds of facilities to use. And it's, it's friendly for the whole family with all yeah. kinds of different activities. I, I have been a member of the YMCA in the past as well. So yeah. we use their gym there. The pool is probably the YMCA with the pool is the best. Yes. Cause we, we talked in the car too about doing triathlons and uh, I swam in a pool for my triathlon prep and I did one open water swim and then the triathlon came and I got in the open water for the swimming and, and there was no lane line mm -hmm. and I was supposed to swim a mile. Yes. And I swam about two miles because yeah. I was so <laughs> off course. Yes. And uh, my wife said, when I came out of the water, she's like the look on your face. Like she's like, I've never seen you so defeated. Right. Uh, it was horrible. The open water swimming is very, very <laughs> difficult. I grew up fearing dark water, death 
deathly afraid of it. Um, I actually learned to surf in order to do an open water swim uh, because I'd never been, I was in my mid thirties. I'd never been in the ocean before beyond my ankles being from middle America. So so. yeah, um, it was a brand new endeavor for me to start to do that. And the way I learned to get into the water was actually surfing. So um, had to take a, a little bit of a strange route to get there, <laughs> but you got there. Uh, you I got the there and served. I did it and it was a fear and I checked it off accomplished. I don't think I'll ever be a triathlete. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be a triathlete. <laughs> but either. I've done it once. I did an Olympic distance and, uh, it was a big challenge, but yeah, that's I, what I did when I, when I got on that bike in the Olympic distance, I don't think mentally I was on the bike for like six miles. I think I just rode just right. was like people were yelling at me. I think I don't, yeah. I'm really sure what happened in the first six. <laughs> um, luckily, and I don't know if this saved you, but the run came. Right. And that was where I was able to be like, all right, now I'm an athlete again. Exactly. Like I, I, I earned this medal because yes. I just ran my, my I really day. think swimming and biking are huge skills that you have to be conditioned for, but they require a lot of concentration. They require a lot of practice. It's they're difficult. Yes. Riding a bike yes. a long distance, you know, once you get over 50 miles in that saddle, you're like this, this, I don't even know your mind. <laughs> that's another big part of it too, that, that overcoming challenges, you know, where you want to, it's like running a marathon. When you hit that wall, you want to overcome this challenge and it mentally prepares you for what life could throw at you. You know, that's a great point. Um, when people sort of ask me, why do you want to get in shape? Number one, yes, I want to fit into my dresses for television. There is a bit of vanity. (laughs) I cannot deny that. But secondly, I really like being at a place in my life where I'm physically fit enough to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Because uh, we talked earlier about like sort of feeling your prime and feeling at your peak. And a lot of us as individuals, we do something athletic or we were high school athletes or college athletes. And you remember yourself at that high point in your life, but then time passes, your family comes along, your career develops, you age, See, and you Monday still syndrome. think that you're at that athletic prime. And all of a sudden you're a weekend warrior, throwing your shoulder out, hurting your knee, you know, straining your back or whatever. And your body has physically gotten away from where your mindset is. And we have to remember to constantly retrain and keep our bodies in the same place where our minds are, where we mentally think we can accomplish things physically. Yeah, because we blame that when that weekend warrior does that. Well, it's because I'm, I'm 44 years old. Uh, no, it's because you haven't taken care of yourself for Correct. those, well, let's not say 44 years, but those last 20 years, yes. you know, and then you get into that spiral right down the hill again, you know, where you throw out your shoulder, then you have a shoulder surgery and somehow now your knee is injured, you mm-hmm. know, and then you're going to have a knee surgery and you're just going to keep going down and down and down because you can't climb back out of that hole. But there are plenty of people that are in their fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, and even nineties that are doing high physical oh God, yeah. fitness events. It is absolutely possible. My, my uncle Charlie ran the New York city marathon at 60. It's amazing. 60 years old. He ran it Good and it rained. Him. Yeah, it was awesome. I was so proud of him when he did that. It was like, I should do this, but I was young and stupid at the time. <laughs> and I was doing other things at the time <laughs> than doing that with uncle Charlie, but you see that. And you know, we even see folks, we, we talked about the challenge athlete foundation that you work with, you know, where you see people who can't see And they have a guide, but they're out running 26.2 miles. I mean, I've talked a lot about excuses and about things that have happened to me in life. And uh, I can roll with the best of them to come up with reasons why not to do something. Uh, But 
meeting challenge athletes over the last 15 years and working with their organization literally takes excuses off your plate. There's none. When you see people who are overcoming, you know, physical limitations of all different shapes and sizes, and a lot of them facing those physical limitations at a very critical part of their life. Um, whenever you lose a limb, it's a critical part of life, but a lot of them reaching for athletic endeavors and having life thrown at them, whether it's a car accident or a sickness and they're having a loss of limb, but then being able to re-enter the game of life and literally participate in athletics um, and different types of physical fitness activities gives them purpose. All of a sudden you're like, you know what? I really don't have so many excuses. I think my excuses go way far away now. Let me get out there and do that. It's very, very inspiring. And we all too often take that for granted. You know, as much as we say we don't, especially coming from an emergency services field, you know, we don't always think about it that way, you know, because we're the helpers and we're the ones out there doing it. Um, I think society is definitely starting to change that. And I know our community of emergency services is um, a lot due to the recent military actions Mm -hmm. and seeing so many military members coming back as amputees or or with different um, wounded warrior programs, things like that. And you see that and it's just so amazing and inspiring to me. You know, I talk about my why a lot and it being my wife and kids and, and a lot of things like that. But when I see anyone that is overcoming a challenge like that, I have no excuse. I can do one more rep. I can do one more mile. I can do whatever I need to do to help them. Yes. Um, Anything is possible. And it's something that I know we've talked about too, with the size up and national fire radio, trying to get involved in some, some programs like that. So it could be something maybe we could do together now. I know you talked about wanting to run as a guide. The Achilles program is a really great program. You can actually volunteer. So if you can't find a reason for yourself or you can't (laughs) stick to your own goals. You're coming up with everything to make people work. If you don't want to work after this podcast, I can't say anything. You know, you go with the Achilles program. They literally team you up with someone who either doesn't have their eyesight or they need extra help to get out and run. And you serve as their guide. So you're basically training with them and then you're in the race with them. And uh, you are essential to their participation. So if you can't do it for yourself, you can always do it for somebody else. Which is awesome. Giving back like that. It's just, and I think in Brittany runs a marathon, there's actually a little part where she was feeling kind of bad about herself. Right. 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 And someone, someone with an Achilles with a, with a, and I can't remember. remember Yeah. But but there was something in there where she's like, Oh my God, I can't feel bad about myself. Let me pick up and keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a big thing. Like not having these setbacks, like you were talking about earlier, just knock you off. You know, you have to always want to be better than yet, better than yesterday. You know, you always have to give 110%. And by finding ways to do that, that's how you're going to succeed. So we spoke about some of the ways that you're, you're currently working on doing that to get ready for the marathon and, and your hikes. But what do you think some of your newer uh, norms are going to be? Well, I mean, pressing forward is always sort of the the trick of the trade is figuring out what's next. And really, I've been taking it one day at a time, like kind of just setting small goals for myself. And um, one of the things that was difficult for me was doing it on my own um, and using my kids sort of as the excuse. So once I got the bike and we're all on board and we've now got a rhythm going, uh, to where everybody's involved, that's great. And then from there, I've been doing two or three times a week running, uh, run walking, getting my mileage up because within about three weeks, I'll have to be, there's no choice, uh, but to run yeah, all to the putting time. some, some real running in. But, you know, I think one of the other things that's very difficult about restarting that I found is my body is different right now than when I'm in great shape. 
And so when you do that and you try to return to your sport, you return to your physical activity and your body is different. It's heavier. It's not as strong, whatever it is, that is the most vulnerable that you will be to injury and to setback. And so just reminding yourself that you do have to start a little slower and that you can get back to where you are and not to overdo it right in the beginning. This happened to me several times during some of my restarts where I would go out and I'd say, oh, I'm going to go run four miles. I wasn't prepared to run four minutes, let alone run four miles. So I would get two miles out running and then stop. Yeah. The way it back would be, would be just nothing. miserable. And then the next day I would be aches and pains and setbacks in that way. So in your mind, like I said, you can feel like you are going right back to the tip top shape, but you really do have to start at lower levels and work your way back in. And sometimes working your way back in is for me, it's through a bike to get back to running. You have to condition yourself just a little bit differently, um, to get back to where you want to be. And with that, like want it now society that we currently it's live hard. in it's very yes. hard people don't want to take the the long road no and i actually i'm actually more of a shortcut person myself i don't really believe in the hey small changes moderation blah blah i know you have to be safe about doing things but i really am a person who likes to jump in with a strict program so that i see quick results so that i can start to make some changes and then feel motivated by that change um, i'm definitely not like let's incorporate water first and see if that helps you <laughs> it just isn't that motivating if i drink this me. water every day some people may need to start that that yeah. that slowly but for me it, it is not like that. I really want to start with something very strict so that it shocks my system a little bit and I see some of those results and I can get back uh, and get motivated in a quicker amount of time and then incorporate and adapt um, to some moderation as it comes through. But I, I, um, I just am a big believer that we have the power to change. I've seen physical transformation in my own life. I've seen it with other people. Um, when you think you can't do something, when it seems impossible, that's exactly when you should be trying it. It's the best time to try it, right? Yes. When you say, I can't do this, but I want to. And whether mm -hmm. it takes a day, a week, a month, a year, it's going to happen. Right. And I, 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 we talked about this a little too. I mean, it can be really ugly. I mean, ugly, ugly, ugly. I mean, it's hard it's sometimes. Struggling, sweating. Um, whether you're trying to incorporate fitness into your life or you're trying to get rid of a bad habit. Um, I've had a few friends quit smoking and I am the cheerleader of grossness when you're quitting smoking. Like I want you to, <laughs> it's a unique thing to think. I about. want you to spit up the nastiest, nastiest thing you've ever spit up because I want that out of your system. And I want to see the ugly because I know how beautiful it's going to be for you. And we have to see that in our own lives, like the sweat, the discomfort, the sacrifice. It really is an ugly thing that turns very beautiful. I know. And that, that pain gives you, like I always tell people, even for me, before I go to do a workout, whatever it may be, the smallest workout or like a crazy workout like Murph, before I do it, I don't want to do it. No, I, I can stare at him. I'm like, this is going to hurt. I'm going right. to feel like I'm going to vomit. I'm going to get sweaty and disgusting. And then about halfway through, I'm like, I'm doing it. This is great. And it's all positive self-talk in there. The power of the human spirit is incredible. And the, one of the best uh, stories I can give you of someone that I know is actually, it's a film that's available now. It was done by Tribeca Films. It's called 200 Mile Man. It might be like 2.99 on iTunes or something like that, but it's a local guy from New York. Um, he's up uh, from the Bear Lake area. He works in in Midtown. He actually works in a big building. I think it's Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, 
guy in his late 40s, early 50s. He had a friend who died of my, uh, myeloma and multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer. And he said, you know, I'm going to raise money for, for her and her memory and, and the fight. And I'm going to get on board with this. And he started running for charity. And then he came with this idea that he was going to run in Central Park for two days straight. So the first year he took this on, um, I went out and covered it as a reporter. And I ended up running a couple loops around Central Park. So Central Park is 6.2 miles around. And he was running for 48 hours straight. Wow. The first year, I believe he made 148 miles. His goal was 200. He didn't make it. He made 148 miles. Yeah, I'm going to Raised that. a ton of money, Okay. I remember how much pain he was in at the end, just seeing him like struggle and he had blisters and his feet were bleeding and his legs were just, it was merciless. The pain of two days of straight yeah, running, I'm nothing. Out. And, and his wife was there and she's just like so proud of him, but still please like stop the pain. And so he finishes the first year. And, and to me, I thought, well, this is just amazing that he's done this and he's raised so much money and what an admirable thing. Well, the second year, he says, I'm going to do this again. I can't believe there's a second year. I knew only, it was coming this way. Only but. before the second year happened, he incorporated a Death Valley run, which is, uh, I think, the Badwater it's 100, called, yeah, Badwater. which is one yep. of the most difficult races. He had a hip replacement, and um, I think he had a year break. He does the second year. And um, somewhere in between that, he does the second year, and again, very, very painful. We go through it. Uh, I'm, I'm tracking him. We do the TV story. Uh, terrible pain, really bad hip pain, really bad knee pain. Um, he makes 158 miles. So further, but doesn't make his goal. And to me, I'm still thinking this is an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. But I see the pain. I see his wife begging him to stop at the end. Like, this is enough. You've done, you've done your part. And um, me really thinking that he's a success, that he's done this not once but twice. Him thinking he's a failure. Oh. Him thinking oh, he hasn't achieved it, it. So he wants to do it the third time. This is when Tribeca Film says, we're going to do the story on you. They're following him. The first day he goes through, I joined him for a couple loops. The second day, um, he's struggling. I'm getting some updates. I was over at a Giants game on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, they said, he's going he's gonna to make it. He's going to make it by the end of the day. And I made it over for the last loop as I finished and Just saw him. Better Eric, than a Eric Gelber game. is his name. Uh, yeah, better than a Giants game. <laughs> is um, seeing him complete wow. this 200-mile feat. And I cannot tell you the victory of human spirit that was about him. And he's just a normal guy. But he went after something that he really wanted to accomplish for a purpose greater than himself and it is amazing to see that in someone. So to experience it in your own way is terrific, but to watch someone else do it is just a really amazing, it's an amazing gift to give other people. So to incorporate people in your journey is a, is a really wonderful part of fitness. And, and especially people like that, that are doing something that, that, that is just two days of running. You know, I've heard of bad water, you know, <laughs> I've read the books 50, 50, where he ran 50 marathons in 50 days, you know, but just that it's just beyond the feet. Yep. You know, that you can think of that's, I don't want to say it's unimaginable because he did it, but just a regular guy, you know, not an ex Navy SEAL or not someone that was, you know, trained for this or anything. He did his training. He got one distance, did it another year, got a little further. And then that third year, he just knocked it out. Huh? Unbelievable. Yeah. That, that's just unreal to think that you can do that. And who knows who he inspired? It's just exactly. like the podcast now listening to this, who knows who could pick something up that you've said or, or I've said in this 
and they're going to change tomorrow. You know, I know I'm not going to go run for two days in Central Park for sure after that. <laughs> but hearing something like that and talking to you, I'm like, I should probably get back into running. Like, I got to do like a couple <laughs> miles a week. Like the weather's starting to break in Jersey. Like I need Absolutely. to get back out there, right? Absolutely. Um, I do do an endurance workout every week though, whether it be a run, a row on the rowing machine or a, I have an assault bike, mm-hmm. which is, it's, it's not awesome. a Peloton. Yeah, it's, no, it's definitely not a Peloton, yeah. but it's, it's a devil's tricycle. But you jump on that and I spend 45 minutes with myself. Mm-hmm. Listen to a podcast, you know, try to find something inspirational, um, to push me forward. And I think uh, to go back to the Peloton with you and your family, you know, you guys doing that together, that's just awesome. Cause you are doing it individually. You don't have more than one Peloton unless maybe no, no, just one, just right? okay. one. I was going to say, if you got more <laughs> than one, one. No. You got more than one, you could send one to my house. Exactly. Like I, no, I'd like one, just of those. one, just one. We're all sharing it. But the fact that you're doing that and you're, you're working out a schedule when everybody's going to be on it, you know, who likes this trainer, who likes that trainer, who's going to ride longer. And you had even mentioned like a little challenge. The first challenge is who gets five days, right? Exactly. Five days in a row on the Peloton. Does it just mean like you have to ride for five minutes? Consecutive. Yeah. You got to have a, well, I think the shortest workouts they have are 15 minute rides. Okay. I've only ever ridden once on someone, so I don't don't really know too much about it. Um, But it's cool that you do that because that's your own personal challenge. That's right. You know, that's your your streak. Yeah, that's it. That's your personal 48 hours. Um, A little different, of course, than running in Central Park for 48 hours, but the same thing. You have that goal in mind. So someone gets a streak. And then if they're anything like in my family, if one person got a streak of five days, someone's looking for a streak of six days. Exactly. Right. And then beyond that, and and my boys are young, but they're already pretty smart and they'd be sabotaging (laughs) each other. Somehow they would figure out a way to sabotage the other one. But you see that. And those are good things. Those are healthy challenges for them. And it motivates. It does. It, It definitely is contagious. And that's it. And once that gets going, you know, and, and I feel that with what, I found through 555 is the people that I've met motivate me. For sure. Hearing their stories and and we talked about meeting on social media and seeing some of the toxicity that exists in social media, but there's also a whole good side of social media. And that's the side that we have to be celebrating. And with teenage children, I don't even want to think about it, to be honest with you. No, but you're exactly right. There really can be a great synergy that's found in social media. And, uh, you know, I encourage people to, to find their support wherever they can get it. If it's not in your immediate family, if it's not in the people around you, then you have to seek it elsewhere. Um, you are going to have naysayers and sometimes the naysayers are the people that are closest to you. And so more than likely they are the people that are closest. You got to really want something and then you got to find the support group. You got to find the people who are going to help get you there. And I mean, you can find that in running groups, you know, triathlon groups are huge. Mm-hmm. There's, there's anything you can do. Like my little kids do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and the adults that go there are some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. I don't know half their names, but they know that I'm sitting there watching my kids do right. this. And we just start talking about different things. And it's so amazing when you have adults who are there for each other, building each other up absolutely, instead of knocking each other down. Um, and I found that in the running community, you know, when I was running, Uh, really seriously and and training for marathons, you know, you go to races every weekend and you spoke about your dad bringing you to races to me and you, you see these people and you see people with their kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get passed by the guy with the double stroller (laughs) every week. You hear it like humming at you behind you and you're like, here he comes. One day I'm like, I'm going to throw a stick in that double stroller. How are they doing that? Like how? And I ran a few races with Finn and I'm like, this guy in the double still beats me. Like (laughs) I've done, um, I'm done half marathons and saw a guy with a double stroller and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It is intense. It's very intense to see them out there. And there are a lot of them that are really just, 
um, in great shape. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you see, but they're tra- that's, that's how they're training. They're training with their kids. They're training with, um, you know, they're training with that kind of challenge. So yeah. And that's it. Moms great. and dads, not just dads, that's moms true. and dads moms are out and there. Dads. Yep. And that's a challenge, right? You have to figure out how you're going to do it. Um, and how you're going to do it with your kids. And, and trust me, there's days now where, where my kids don't want me to work out. You know, they want me to do something sure, else. Or, sure. And there's definitely days where they don't want to work out with me. <laughs> that's for Sure. They're like, no, it's not happening today. Right, Dad. I'm right. not doing this with you. But you see these folks and that gives you this inspiration that we were talking about, you know, trying to get to that next step. And whether it comes from you, someone in your family or that group, it's key. Yes. In my mind. Um, you know, my kids have their own interests. They're not all uh, into running. For a while, we did early morning runs and early morning workouts and kind of went through a phase with that. But as they get older, they develop their own interests, their own their own sports, their own things they want to do. And so um, sometimes it's going to be something you can do, especially when they're a little all together. Yep. But otherwise, you're going to have to ebb and flow. You're going to have to ebb and flow with the family needs. And one of those things, too, is a a setback when you say, like, oh, my kids' lives, my kids' lives. You know, how many parents do you go to? I mean, I don't do this, but I see it a lot. Their kids are playing soccer or they're at soccer practice. And mom or dad are sitting there like this the whole time on their phone. Yes. When they have a perfectly good field that they could go and walk around or run around or do some burpees, do some push-ups. Yep. And I see a lot of people just because of the the circles that that I follow or that follow me, they're sending me messages like, oh, I had, you know, Kyle's soccer practice today and I ran five miles. Like that's awesome that you could do that, right? You're, you're, you're capitalizing that time. You're, you're, you're maximizing your time. Uh, What's it? It's a time hack, I guess is what we call it. Right. So things like that are huge ways to get around these little obstacles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are the things that can help you take the excuses away. And you're teaching your kids these habits of you can take this excuse away. You know, where, where children develop their own excuses for whatever they're going to be, because I hear them all the time. We're, we're doing spelling words now, and it's a disaster. I mean, ultimately, I think that time is probably one of the biggest excuses yes. that we all use, is that time is taken up or there's not enough time. But we all know the quote, we have as much time as Beyonce does. We all have that <laughs> same 24 hours. And so we have to make the most of it. We have to I really- I didn't know that quote, by the you way. You didn't know that no, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I, I don't often compare myself to Beyonce. I know well, Jeremy compares himself you, to Beyonce a lot. You I have don't. the same number of hours in the day as Beyonce does. Good to know. So Good to know. You can really get the job done if you want to. I can make it happen, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. The next time I'm like- She's right, running an empire, so- <laughs> Not okay. a marathon, though. That's she running right. a marathon? Not yet, but probably on her she, list. She probably could. Beyonce, if you're listening to the size of, do a marathon. You, exactly. You, it would be great. Think about the amount of money she could raise for charity. Exactly. Right? Hello. That would be awesome. <laughs> it's not happening. There's no way. You never happening. know. You but, never know. But you're correct. And you have these 24 hours. And look, there's days. One of the first questions you asked me when we started talking was like, what are your days like? Like, what do you do? And how do you fill it in? And there are days where I definitely miss workouts. There are days where there's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, well, I think one thing you bring up there is really critical is that um, in the fire community, from what I've seen, is that the schedules are never the same. And that's true for my work as well. We're a 24-hour operation. We are 365 days a year. I work a lot of weekends. I work a lot of early mornings. Sometimes my morning can start at 2.55 in the morning, and I'm off at 1.15 in the afternoon. Other times I can go in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm done after midnight. It can be really strange. There are times when I do double shifts, mornings, nights, with a small break in between. I can do double days of that. 
then I can have two or three weekdays off. It, it can really vary. And I think that's the same in the fire community. It's the same in a lot of um, first responders' lives is that there, there's a lot of inconsistency. Yeah, that's all so, it is. So developing your own consistency and how to get a workout done is very difficult. But for me, what's worked in that inconsistency is creating rituals, which is the type of workouts you do, how you go about them, and um, sort of em embracing the ritual of the workout versus having it to be the same time every day. And then if it's not, letting yourself off the hook. Yeah. Instead, you have to always be on the hook, and then the uh, the workout itself becomes a more, little more ritualistic. Yeah, because it's very hard to keep that time. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I try to work out in the morning when I can, but it doesn't always work that way. And right. you know, but having that ritual of I'm going to go in the gym, I'm going to do these ten stretches then I'm going to do my strength training, then I'm going to do this. It keeps it ritualistic, which I never really thought about, but I, I really am that guy because I do the same thing all the time. Correct. Um, and with my schedule, you know, there could be nights where we don't sleep at all, you know, so that next day the workout may not happen. And I have to let myself off the hook for that. Mm -hmm. Because if I did do the workout, chances are good. It would not be that great. And I would have the chance of injuring myself. Right. And I would have never thought that about your schedule to be so sporadic like ours, like consistently inconsistent is what we like Absolutely. to call it. Absolutely. That's exactly uh, what my life is like. And there's so many people like that, nurses, doctors, you know, emergency mm -hmm. services members now. We know meteorologists, which is a whole new thing to learn tonight, right? Yeah. From the peanut gallery sitting there <laughs> learning things over there. Do we have any questions from the live studio audience? Live studio. <laughs> I, like, I like that Sevi picked his head up too. Like, wait, there I didn't is, know I was going to be involved. Is, there's one question that is the most commonly asked question that I get in all of my interviews. Is Freeze really your last name? Yes. Freeze is my <laughs> real last name. It was the name I was born with. My father is Mr. Freeze. I have sisters who have children. They call me Annie Freeze. I had a boyfriend in high school. He called me Tasty Freeze. I mean, we could go on. It's because I... I feel bad. Because I we, like bubble we, gum. That's why. Actually, I did not know um, that I was going to be a meteorologist. I wanted to be a veterinarian first. And then I studied... Um, journalism, wanted to be a newspaper writer, wanted to write about small factional wars in foreign countries. Um, and eventually, eventually, <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, who, who knew what was going to happen tonight? Like, I uh, somehow ended up in, in writing at a television station. And uh, one thing led to another. And their main meteorologist had to have triple bypass surgery. And they're like, who are we going to get to do the weather? And they're like, there's that kid sitting over there writing for us. Her last name freeze she should do the no weather way. and so no way <laughs> i went back to school and became a meteorologist and there was a point where one of my bosses said you know quit asking for time off for these midterms and why are you taking all these classes you have a nice smile and a good personality you don't need to know the weather and i was like if it's the last thing I do on the planet, I will finish this degree. So I really That's pushed it. myself to understand and know the weather because I can only imagine, you know, working in the major markets. If I just said, Hey, I have a nice smile and a good personality. Can I do the weather? <laughs> they probably would have laughed me <laughs> off the, off the, no, uh, it wasn't going to work out too. Well. Yeah. I don't think that would have lasted too long. Um, so I stuck with it and it just kind of became a, a total fit and something that I knew I wanted to do, but I wish I would have known sooner. I would have saved a lot of money and time. <laughs> yeah, so there nice. you go kids if yes. you think you want to be a weather a meteorologist. you're exactly right though i could have been a police officer too officer freeze oh there's another good one oh they don't they don't stop they don't stop that's yeah. right they don't stop this is the total b-roll
Have you trademarked that yet? Not yet. I would trademark that now if I was you. Well, I think on that note, we've definitely covered a, a lot of topics here tonight. Do you have anything you'd like to add about anything? Um, I am single, so <laughs> I like long walks on the beach and, uh, no, it's a total, uh, this is never going to not no, be a I firefighter's gave up firemen. podcast. I gave up firemen a while ago. So, um, but, Sorry, uh, ultimately I just want to thank first responders and I really appreciate you having me to talk today. Um, it's my, it's my privilege really to be here and talk about these things that are, are struggles that we all go through, no matter what walk of life we come from. And the only way we really get through it is supporting each other. So I appreciate you having me. I don't know. We appreciate you coming on for <laughs> sure. And you can follow Amy on the Instagram at true. My name, Amy freeze. There's it's a blue that, check mark. It's not that fancy. <laughs> it's not that fancy, but it's there are a lot Amy of other freeze. Amy freezes because they, became there was a while where I think Russia was really trying yes, to uh, infiltrate yeah infiltrate through being an Amy Freeze. Yes, I'm have. like another one that sent there a text another one yeah. I'm Just tired look of for the blue check mark that's blue, me blue check mark Amy Freeze and I think too you know the big takeaway for me today is that no matter what you're going through in life you just have to keep moving forward you have to find your way and move forward to be better and if we can all just do that, like you said, find that support group, we're going to make the world a better place. Yeah, everybody's got a challenge. So uh, know that you're not alone. That's it. Awesome. Notes from Amy Freeze. High five. Thanks for Thanks. coming on. We'll catch you guys next time on the Size Up by National Fire Radio. 